Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. What's up, everybody? I'm Najee Adams. And I'm Hunter Jacobs. And you're listening to the Hoopball Nets Podcast. We got a pretty good episode for you guys tonight. We're going to talk about the Nets' last three games and really get into their playoff hopes. We've talked about this quite a lot over the last few episodes, but it's really getting down to the crunch time of the season. And like we said earlier, the net like we said this before the All-Star break, their end of the season schedule gets really sick. Even with just six games to go they still have the toughest schedule for the last six games it's been that way for about a month i'd say at this point the magic just came off a six game winning streak and they still hung on and remain in the playoffs for now We'll get into that later in the episode, but uh, let me go to the regular intro. Make sure you guys subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. You can look up Brooklyn Nets. You can look up Hoopball Nets. We come up regardless. Press that subscribe button and leave a rating and review. Five stars, please. Every review is getting read on the podcast. You guys can go follow us on Twitter at Hoopball Nets. And um, shout out to Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company for sponsoring this podcast and every other Hoopball podcast. You can check them out at High Kona Coffee on Twitter. It's H-I-K-O-N-A Coffee. Check them out on Amazon. Order some packets. Me and Hunter have both had them. They're amazing, so make sure you guys go check them out. Um, So the first game we're going to talk about is the Nets versus the Lakers. This was the game that basically knocked the Lakers out of the playoffs. Actually, not not basically, did knock yes, them out of the playoffs. Eliminated them from the playoffs. And no better man to do it than D'Angelo Russell. Russell. There's only one other man that could have done it that would have been just as Julius satisfying. Randall. Julius yeah. Randle. So happy that it was one of those two guys. Magic deserves no less than that. Um, it, it was a close game for the for, for for most of the game. The Nets ended up shooting forty point two percent from the field, while the Lakers shot thirty eight point five. The Lakers shot nine of thirty six from the three point line, at, which is twenty five percent, and the Nets shot for, sixteen of forty two, which is thirty eight point one percent. Both teams can't shoot free throws. Nets shot seventy five percent. Lakers shot seventy two percent. Lake um, Nets won the turnover battle and they lost the rebound battle by a ton they lost it by 12 because JaVale McGee decided he wanted to have a career night and um, oh I'll get into JaVale <laughs> McGee don't and, worry uh, about yeah that. that's basically the matchup well you might as well get into him now. well one thing I wanted to ask you since you're a Lakers fan quick I want you to just say what you think is wrong with them I I I've want no because before this season all of us we're under the belief that LeBron could carry any team into the playoffs. And this season has just been an absolute failure. Okay, so I, I, let me address that first. I feel like that has to be, that statement needs to be adjusted to LeBron can carry any team to the playoffs in the East. The West is a whole different monster. Would the Lakers be in the playoffs or the East? Still, no. But it, <laughs> it's it's like, I feel like had he been in the East, the Lakers would have played less 
competitive teams, and they probably would have been able to hold it, hold their own while he was injured. Back to why we didn't make the playoffs, or what's wrong with us. So, let's remember that when LeBron got injured, the Lakers were the four seed. Back on Christmas Day against the Warriors, we were the four seed, destroyed the Warriors. We were nice. LeBron goes down, we lose a crap ton of games. Lonzo goes down. Uh, we continue to lose games. Lonzo never comes back. And Le- then Brandon Ingram had deep venous thrombosis. <laughs> yeah, Brandon Ingram has blood clots in his arm, and yes. that, that ends his season. Josh Hart, he was he's been bad ever since uh, the, the, the year. Of the ever since the year turned to 2019, he's been horrible. But what I feel like really sank the ship was the fact what was the Anthony Davis saga when you tell. Every single young player. I'm almost Literally positive. every player. Hart, Kuzma, Ingram, Ball, everyone. I'm almost positive that at least Brandon Ingram had been told, like, you're untouchable. By Magic, by Palenka, like, you're our franchise player, franchise cornerstone for the next couple of years. So when you go from hearing that to hearing, yeah, he's on the block for Anthony Davis in a matter of days, weeks, months, doesn't matter. Same for Kuzma, same for Hart, same for Lonzo. Like, that just sinks a locker room. That just sinks the locker room, sinks team chemistry. And I do believe that that's a reason that Contavious Caldwell-Pope and JaVale McGee are doing so well right now. Because they've never been in trade talks this season. Like, even Rondo was in those trade talks, and he's not playing that well. The two names, McGee and KCP, who weren't in trade talks, are having their... The best stretches of their season and best stretches in a long time, JaVel McGee of his career right now. And I mean, right now it's pointless, but the Lakers really don't have much. I, I think it was over once they decided to sign Michael Beasley instead of bringing back someone like Julius uh, that, Randle. That also was horrible front office decision making by Magic Johnson. Why would you reinvent the wheel? When you know LeBron is nice with shooters, why would you try and change it up? He and, said, and surround him with ball handlers like Rondo. He already has Lonzo on the team, so I Rondo, Exactly, Lonzo. and he, he, he said that we're not going to beat the Warriors playing the Warriors type of game. Okay, well, we didn't even make the playoffs. So, I mean, clearly this didn't work either. I believe McGee was their only good signing. Bullock would have been good if I had think they Reggie Bullock earlier. was the greatest thing we did this season, to be completely Bullock honest. Bullock and McGee were good. Rondo could have done without him. Lance could have done without him. Lance could have done without him And easily. Michael Beasley could have done without the, him. I can't remember who said that. Oh, I was listening to The Herd the other day, and Colin Cowherd said this. He was like, the Lakers don't th- the Lakers don't throw jabs. We just throw power punches. And it's so true because we, in my, the way I would describe it is like, like we don't throw jabs in that. We don't sign nice role players for a couple years. We sign all these old one-year players and we, ha- we form no team chemistry. We form no, like, we form no team culture. It's just one-year guys that know that they're basically mercenaries to come in. So they, they try to pull the Yankees in baseball essentially because the Yankees sign the big players who are nearing the end of their prime who give it one last hurrah and win the chip. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we throw no jabs. We we sign no good role players. We just go for power punches, superstar players every time. And that when those power punches don't connect and we don't get those superstar players, then we get knocked out. And that's exactly what this season was, a knockout. We played horribly after... The All-Star break, Anthony Davis rumors sunk the team, and that's what I believe is what sunk the Lakers. 
All right, now let's get into the box. The, the Net, uh, Nets fans are probably like, "Why am I listening to this?" <laughs> but but on to the box score. Javale McGee had no, no, a. No, he's last. Okay, Believe we can do Javale McGee last. last. So LeBron, we'll start with LeBron. He almost had a D-Lo special. <laughs> 30, he was real close. Thirty-six minutes, twenty-five points on eight of twenty-five shooting. He was one of seven from the three-point line. Nine rebounds, fourteen assists, eight, eight turnovers. turnovers. Eight, eight. The king had eight turnovers. Eight turnovers, and uh, yeah, people always like to point. They pointed out LeBron had twenty-five, nine, and eight, or a twenty-five, fourteen, and nine. And it's like, okay, but he went twenty. He went eight of twenty-five from the field and shot one of seven from three-point line, and eight of twelve from the free throw line. A- so and he had was eight turnovers. Good. So I mean, let's not just sugarcoat it and make it sound like he had an amazing. That's game. a Westbrook stat pad game. It, if it you really ask is. Me. Kyle Kuzma, five of nineteen. He had a D-Lo special. He's been bad. I'm, I'm not gonna Kyle lie. Kyle Kuzma has been horrific lately. Yeah, thirty-four minutes. He's three missing of 11. his partners in crime, Lonzo and Ingram. That must be what it is. Five rebounds, one block, five personal fouls, almost fouled out. Reggie Bullock, twenty-eight points, five points, two of D-Lo nine. D-Lo special. One of six in the three, and then Rondo, who's absolutely horrific. 24 minutes. It seems like he gets all his five points or three points always from three. He had now. a negative 16 plus minus. It seems like every game he hits one three-pointer, and that's his he's, only field he's goal. He's horrible. Alex Caruso, 34 minutes. He should honestly be our starting look, point look, guard right now. Alex Caruso caught an alley-oop posterizer on Kyle Korver <laughs> in the yeah. Lakers last year. I don't know if you saw it. But it was possibly the greatest Lakers moment of the season, seeing Alex Caruso <laughs> catch an alley-oop banger from Scott Machado on Kyle Korver. Amazing. And, uh, yeah, like I said, Alex Caruso should be our starting point guard. 3 of 10 from the field, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, and a uh, steal. And then go ahead, go get into JaVale. Well, first KCP, 7 points, 1 of 6, dreadful. But, all right. This is more of a shot at Jared Allen than anything. So everyone can say what they want. Defensive win short shares, box plus minus, blah, 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 blah. I'm big on analytics, and I can't save this man anymore. How do you let JaVale McGee have 33 and 20? 33 and 20 on 15 of 20 shooting. That's a career high for him. With six blocks. This man destroyed the Nets, kept them in the game. And I don't care what you say. Jarrett Allen is to blame for part of this, at least. And he does this so much. He gets lit up by Vucevic. He gets lit up by Jokic. He gets lit up by Embiid. Sure, those are the normal guys. When you're out here getting lit up by JaVale McGee and Rudy Gobert, who's not even an offensive maestro, getting 25 on you, that that's not right. That is not right. And at least if you're going to let that happen, can you at least get 20 and 10 yourself? I don't know if Jared Allen has more than two 20 and 10 games this season. If he even has two. He is probably the biggest disappointment for the Nets this season based on what he should have been. Tell me I'm wrong. I can't tell you you're wrong. I, I put this in my stock watch. If you guys don't know, I also write for Hootball, so does Hunter. I write a weekly article entitled Stock Watch. Jared Allen was in my stock down. Uh, it, it was a disappointment. He was touted as a breakout pick for a lot of fantasy basketball Top analysts. 50 player. A lot of regular basketball analysts thought he was going to be a breakout player this season. We understand he's only 20 years old, and there's so much room for him to grow. I completely get that, but this season, in my opinion, was a disappointment for Jared Allen. Um, now the Hunter's rant is over. Let's get into the Nets box score. So uh, Ed Davis, 
20 minutes, 14 points, 15 rebounds on 7 of 11 shooting. He's an absolute monster. Look, 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 look. If there's one thing I want the Nets to do this offseason, you gotta resign. It's resign Ed Davis. They can they can let all these kids hit the road. If you resign Ed Davis and D'Angelo Russell, then you did everything right. Uh Carrots were 18 minutes, all of six from the field, all of three from the three point line. He added three rebounds, three assists, one steal, and one block. He's still getting back his legs back under him. I feel like I've said that at least three straight episodes now. <laughs> look, Those look, exact look, same look, words. Look, look, look. It's just scary because Gordon Hayward breaks his leg. Terrible. Karis LeVert breaks his leg looking to be terrible. And as you'll see later on, there's a third member of the Break Your Leg Club, and we'll see how he is next season. Hopefully, LeVert's better. Hayward comes back stronger. And they're not terrible. But right now, the trend is break your leg and you become terrible. I really really hope that's not true and they become better, but... Paul George did it, and he was fine. He he was good. I mean, his was more ankle than leg, but hopefully Lavert plays better next season. I don't expect him to play any better down the final stretch. Hopefully, he gets some confidence before next season. Maybe he needs his teammates to gas him up again, like he did. They did this off season, but maybe. Hopefully, he he can. If the Nets make the playoffs, he can come on in the playoffs, and the Nets can make some Cinderella playoff push. But um, Spencer Dinwiddie, 31 minutes and 19 points, 4 of 14 from the field, 2 of 7 from the three-point line, but he went 9 of 12 from the free-throw line. He usually gets a lot of his buckets off free-throws, definitely the Nets' most frequent frequent free-throw shooter. Um, Joe Harris, old reliable, 31 minutes, 26 points on 8 of 15 shooting, 6 of 8 from the three-point line. A typical old reliable night, just an absolute monster on the percentages. Did you know who's leading the NBA in three-point percentage? Um, let me guess. Joe Harris. <laughs> Do you know who's second? Uh, Steph Curry. Seth Curry. Uh, I was My close. Man, I should have guessed because he's taken less, so he has a higher percentage of being a better shooter. Damari Carroll. Seth Curry's underrated, by the way. He's amazing. Damari Carroll, 34 minutes, 15 points on 5 of 13 shooting, 3 of 9 from the three-point line, added 6 rebounds, not much else. Um, Rodion's Kuroks really was invisible this game. Three points, one of five from the field, one of three from the three-point line, four rebounds, one assist. Don't worry, baby AK-47 <laughs> will have his time. Jared Allen, 27 minutes, 13 points, four of seven from the field, five of eight from the th- free throw line, 11 rebounds, so he had 13 and 11. And then uh, D'Angelo Russell, 33 minutes, 21 points, eight of 20 from the field, four of 11 from the three-point line, 13 assists. Two rebounds, only six turnovers, and added four steals. Only six turnovers? Excuse me? Compared to the 13 assists, I'm going to say it was a decent game. I I just want to say that this is the perfect way for the Lakers to uh, get bounced from the playoffs because it it, it makes perfect sense. D'Angelo Russell gave up on him too quick, and uh, this, this is exactly what they get. So it was a great game for D'Lo. He told he hushed the fans like late in the second or early in the third, and it, it was a great night for him. Look, the way I see it is on the Lakers, he was a boy. On the Nets, he's, he's a, a man. man. <laughs> That's the bottom line. And on to the most, the craziest game that we're going to talk about tonight. The Nets lost 144-148 to versus the Portland so Trailblazers. So much happened in this game. In the second over, in double overtime. And, before, and I'll tell you one man that we bash on day in and day out. He gets his praise. He gets his respect for this game, but they still lost. <laughs> but he gets his respect for this game. 
Should we say who it is or should we wait? Oh, we'll wait. But they know. <laughs> um, so the Nets shot 47.6% from the field while the Blazer, Blazers shot 43.8. Nets shot 35.7% from the three-point line. Blazers shot 31.1. And uh, the Nets lost a turnover battle horribly, 16-3. to So I want to know how their 58 minutes of basketball in this game And the Blazers Blazers turned the ball over three times. That's the Nets' defense fault. I don't care. Three turnovers and 58 minutes of basketball. 58 minutes. 16 is probably normal for 58 minutes of basketball. But the Blazers turned it over three times. That's that is inexcusable. There's no way you should force three turnovers in a double OT game. Seth Curry forced three turnovers <laughs> in the overtimes for the Nets. They ended up losing. They ended up winning the rebound battle and losing the assist battle. Nine steals to the Nets, three. And uh, yeah, let's get into the box score. Honestly, I don't even want to say the box score. Like. A, a listener asked us a question on Twitter, and I feel like that would be the perfect way to, like, dissect the game. So, Shooter McGavin asked us... Well, shout out to Shooter McGavin because he's asked us multiple questions before, and he's definitely also left a review. So, uh, shout out to you. He asked... He said Dudley was nice this game. That's so, obviously That's who nice. I, I want to say, out of all the crap we've given Jared Dudley, he earned his place on the court tonight. He did. One, probably my most influential one, he was tasked after Jared Allen went out. He was tasked with guarding Yusuf Nurkic. And, we'll get into that over time. But. And the, the, the biggest thing I think he did was in double OT, Rodney Hood is an idiot. And he went to the basket. And Jared, Jared Dudley actually caused a jump ball, but the refs ruled it. What did they rule it? They ruled it out, out of, of bounds, bounds on Dudley, and they couldn't reverse it to a jump ball, so it but stayed it out of bounds it should have been a jump Dudley. ball. So that was great from Jared Dudley. Um, what's your thought on Dinwiddie and those two fouls? Okay. Oh, my so, God. So, I was tearing so no, him no, up. No, no. Let, let, me, let me handle this. <laughs> this is about as – it won't matter as much in the long run. Well, maybe it will if the Nets don't make the playoffs. But it's not going to be as put on blast as J.R. Smith in game one of the NBA finals. But when I tell you this is the same thing. You don't know the score and time of the game. And you intentionally foul when there's 30 seconds left down two. All you have to do is get a stop. And he got saved on that first one. Because had Seth Curry made both his free throws, the Nets would have lost. There's a good shot the Nets would have lost. So D'Lo, if you don't know what we're talking about, in the fourth quarter, the Nets are up to D'Lo's trying to ice the game, comes down, loses the handle behind the back. No, 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 no. D'Lo gets absolutely bagged <laughs> no, by Seth lo- Curry. He lost his handle. Bagged he by lost Seth Curry. Handle. He lost his handle. I'll, Seth I'll Curry. get to this boy for that <laughs> Seth, after. Seth Hold Curry bags him. Just explain. They're coming down the court and. It's a, basically a fast break. They're getting there. He's not even like running to the basket on the break. He's setting up a half court offense. And Spencer Dinwiddie comes out of nowhere and fouls Seth Curry, who's like a 90, 85% free throw shooter. And it's very possible. It's like, it, give him those two shots again. He makes both the Nets lose. But he misses the first one. 
uh, shoots the second one, goes in, and the Nets end up going to the first overtime. So that was Spencer Dinwiddie's first mistake, and you think he learned from it. Psych! He ends up doing the exact same thing again. In what? The double OT? Yes. And uh, he happened to foul another good free throw shooter. And game over. It, that that alone was just a, a, I don't know what kind of basketball IQ that man has, but there's absolutely no way we can excuse you for that one, Spencer. That was a bad, that was a bad showing from you, buddy. Obviously, there's other games where the Nets have blown the late game and, and made some crazy mistakes, but this is so close to the end of the season that when you look at why the Nets don't make the playoffs, if they don't, we're gonna come it's back going and look to be at this, this game. game. That man doing that play, like when when they needed, the, they were up ten with like eight minutes left. They could have iced this game. Had, we get it. Had D'Lo not got the turnover, Spencer Dinwiddie would have never got the chance to do that. But come on, you have to know why would you foul? There's absolutely no and, reason. And to make it better, that foul made him foul out of the game. So he had the courtesy of walking to the bench in shame after Kenny Atkinson looked at him like he was he was an imbecile. <laughs> because, honestly, that is the reason they lost. They, they could have lost anyway, don't get me wrong. But that, that, that sunk their feet. That made them definitely lose. And he did it again. That was the, it. Wasn't just the fourth quarter. He fouled someone else again. I can't remember who it was. Dame. It was Dame. He fouled Damian him for no reason when you didn't need to. When you didn't need to, and that ended and up. And you foul a top three clutch player in the NBA. And that they could have just played defense and gotten the ball back with like eight seconds left. There was no need for him to foul, and that basically iced the game, and the the Blazers ended up winning. Uh, Shooter McGavin goes on to ask, do you think Jared Allen's offense will improve by next year? He doesn't post up much. He only scores on pick and rolls and cuts. I will say no. And the reason why, one, he will never develop a three-point shot. Maybe late in his career, not happening anytime soon. Mid-range, eh, I don't know. It won't be reliable. And he honestly, best way to describe it, he has butter fingers. Like, I can't trust him to catch the ball and dunk Especially it. Especially in this game. He was uh, dropping and playing juggles with the ball the whole time. And he's he's not skilled enough to post up, shake someone off, and dunk on them. Like, he does not have that yet. To say he'll never have it? No. Next year, I still don't think he'll make that big of a leap. Give it maybe three, four years when he starts hitting his prime. But... Right now, I, I don't think he'll get better on offense by next year. We'll see how the offseason goes, what he does, what his teammates say, but I really don't think so if I had to say today. So, on to, to the box score. Um, Mo Harkless, 39 minutes, 5 of 13 from the field, 13 points, 8 rebounds, blah, blah, blah. Damian Lillard. 31 points. He was 10 of 30 from the field in 47 minutes. Hey, he made the ones that mattered. 4 of 16 from Although the three-point line. Although he could have ended the game on a pull-up three, if you remember, and he hit 12 the 12 assists. I, I want, Dame was pretty off in the yes. overtimes. The only reason that the 
not the only reason, but a big reason that the, the there's two reasons: Dinwiddie and the refs. That's why the Nets lost. I said on well, we said on Twitter the Nets lost this game for a multitude of reasons. I think it's four. The refs definitely weren't on the Nets side. The fact that Jared Allen and Ed Davis both got fouled out, D'Angelo Russell's late game turnover debacle. And Spencer Dinwiddie's horrible basketball IQ. I think those are the four reasons the Nets lost this game. Uh, Rodney Hood, 18 points, 8 of 16 shooting. And Seth Curry, 3 of 7 from the three-point line. The only free throw. Points. 20 points, 40 minutes. Only free throw he missed having to be the one in the fourth quarter that would have won the game for the Blazers. And Seth Curry has been phenomenal lately. In case you didn't know. I don't know why you would know. Go check out Stockwatch. He is my favorite player of all time. Been following him since his days in high school. Now he then he went to Duke. And he was killing with Mason Plumley. That was my favorite college team of all time. And now he, he was hitting it with the Kings a couple years ago. And now now he's with the Blazers. Now done reminiscing. Let's get on to the Brooklyn Nets box score. Damari Carroll, 35 minutes, 18 points, 5 of 8 from the free th- from the. From the field, four of seven from the three-point line, five rebounds. Um, Jared Allen, uh, he fouled out in 25 minutes. I don't have a lot of good to say about this guy. Yeah, he had 10 and eight on three of eight shooting. Joe Harris, old reliable, did not have a very reliable game. He t- kind of started to turn it on in the second OT when they really needed him to, but then uh, Spencer Dinwiddie messed up the game for everyone. Joe Harris had 13 points on four of 13 shooting, one of six from the three-point line, eight rebounds. D'Angelo Russell, absolute monster. 39 points, 42 minutes, 16 of 34 from the field, 3 Could of 14. Not hit a 3 to save his life. Yeah, 3 of 14. And a, three a, or a free throw, but. Yeah, he was 4 of 8 uh, from the free throw line, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, 6 turnovers, and a steal. All right, so let me explain the turnover issue. There's a whole lot of times. This is what separates him from being a superstar right now to me. Superstars like Steph. Get the ball and just dribble normally like a normal human being. Call a screen, dribble when the game's on the line. And they use speed, hesitations, crossover, simple moves to get by their opponent. This man is doing behind-the-backs combos, all this ridiculous stuff with the ball. (laughs) combos. There's no need to do all of that. On Seth Curry. As much as I love the guy, he can't play defense. You are D'Angelo Russell. Post him up. You're bigger than him. You post him up and do a post fadeaway if you have to. Turn around and do a floater. You do not have to do all these moves. And you get bagged twice. Twice. By Seth Curry. Twice. Uh, yeah, his, his, the two turnovers I remember the most, of course, the one at the end of the fourth, and the one in double OT where he just chucked it clean out of bounds because he thought Joe Harris was going to be in some place he wasn't. Miscommunication, but it ended up going on D'Lo's stat line as a turnover and ultimately being his fault. Jared Dudley, 35 minutes, 15 points on 6 of 8 shooting. Big Jared! <laughs> Five rebounds, three assists, and uh, yeah, he was honestly the best Jared in the game, to be completely honest. <laughs> and uh, Karis LeVert. This was a good game for him. 
He had 24 minutes, 16 points, 5 of 8 from the field, 1 of 2 from the three-point line, 5 of 6 from the free-throw line, 7 assists, 3 rebounds. One of his best games since coming back and only did it in 24 minutes. And uh, Ed Davis. He was playing so well. 6 points, 2 of 2 shooting, 14 rebounds, and a block. And Once he, he fouled out, Jared Allen was the next option. Once Allen fouled out, it all went downhill. Yeah, let's just talk about that real quick. So the the reason, so once Jared Allen fouled out, it Dudley was, had to guard yeah, Yusuf Nurkic. Dudley was guarding Yusuf Nurkic. He was basically just posting him up and just doing hook shots, uh, fadeaway jumpers, like anything he could do that was basically just shooting over Jared Dudley. He and, wasn't really contesting his shot. And shots. as we said in the box score, Nurkic had thirty two and sixteen and five assists with four blocks. So, another center that's not top of the game that destroys Jared Allen. And when they put Dudley on him, it was a short-lived period. And I swear, every time the ball, every time a shot was missed, whistle. Loose by the Blazers. Foul. Every Loose time the foul. shot was missed Loose by the Blazers. Foul. Loose ball foul. Loose ball foul. On the nets. On the nets. On the nets. On the every single time. And it's because they were triple teaming Yusuf Nurtrick to try and get the rebound. And he was just like throwing his arms Exactly. So it makes it, it makes it. it look like they're just bodying the kid in the paint. But in reality, he was pushing off for a couple of those rebounds. But no, since he's the 7-2 center getting bodied by three men, it looks like he's the one that's getting fouled. So all the calls were going against the Nets. And then there's a time Yusef Nurkic jumps. He lands off. And it was a regular jump. Like, that's yeah. just such bad and, luck. And he fell. And we, we thought by Jared Dudley's face that he was mad about the constant foul I think calls. everyone did. Because no one really knew what Nobody happened realized at that point. It. Nobody realized it. And then the commentators are like, oh, no, Nurkic is hurt. And they show the replay. And Super graphic. It is the same exact thing as Karis LeVert and Gordon Hayward, practically. And it's horrible. Even though Yusuf Nurchik was destroying the Nets, no one, no one wants to see him go down like that. No one wants to see someone get injured, and also, especially not the Nets, because they know how it feels to lose someone like that. Like it's crazy that the Blazers are his teammates, and the Nets looked more hurt by the injury than they did because they've already experienced it. So they saw it, and D'Lo and. Joe Harris and Jared Dudley, Dudley just ran down the court. Around, and Carroll turned around and just started running the other way. And then the rest of the game, Lavert sat with a towel over his eyes and he was he was really defeated. Like his he's been through it already. And, and for the Blazers, it sucks too because now you have to rely on Enos Cantor and this is Zach why, Collins. This is why you bought him here, of course, but like Joseph Nurchik is your guy. See, they're lucky at, if there's anything that, that was their strongest position. They have three capable centers. Well, they had two other than him. I guess you can count Myers Leonard, but their two centers now are Cantor and Collins, which is fine. That is good enough. But now they're almost guaranteed to not have a playoff run. 
And so, yeah, prayers up to Joseph Nurchik. No one, we never want to see someone go down like that. So we hope he recovers soon. And we're going to get on to this next game. Tonight's game versus the 76ers. The Nets lose 110-123 to 123 to make a two-game losing streak. They basically just got the brakes blown off of them. The Nets had a two-point lead. and uh, the Sixers, In case you wanted to know, that lead was in the first two minutes of the game. Yeah, and the Sixers had a 20-point lead and basically never looked back. Sixers shot 50% from the field, Nets shot 44, Sixers shot 48% from three, Nets shot 34. Uh, the Nets lost a turnover battle 15-9. to Tied in rebounds, they got, they, they got smoked in every aspect of the game. There's not much, honestly, to go over in this one. Embiid, once again, a center that fries Jared Allen, 39-13. and 13. Six assists. Sure, Embiid's the best center in basketball, but... Jared Allen, it just does not stop with. A block, yeah. Embiid lit him up in 27 minutes. He had 39 points. Ben Simmons. That's insane. Ben Simmons, typical line, 16 and 8 assists. Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler, they're not very good in this game. (laughs) In this game. 15 combined on 6 of 18 combined. Pretty bad. And J.J. Redick put up 18 points. 6 of 12 from the... uh, Field, 4 of 9 from the three-point line. And, of course, Boban, the backup center, also fries Jared Allen. 16 points on 6 of 8 shooting. And on to the next box score. Jared Allen, 8 minutes. So, he didn't get fried because he got benched after 8 minutes. 4 uh, points, 2 of 3 shooting. Joe Harris, he uh, made a comeback, old reliable. He doesn't he, uh, he, he doesn't have two back-to-back bad games. So 31 minutes, 22 points, 8 of 12 from the field, 4 of 6 from the three-point line, and uh, three rebounds. D'Lo, D'Angelo special. D'Lo special, there we go. Oh, my God. You realize that all three of these games, he's combined for 19 turnovers? Yeah, he had 13 points, 6 of 19 from the field, 1 of 5 from the three-point line, uh, 8 assists, 4 rebounds, and 7 turnovers. I don't know what to say. I mean, it's this is the hard, uh, the worst time for him to go into this turnover slump and just throw the ball away at will when they need to win games. Jared um, Dudley. Well, so I believe that the Nets started to feel like they were going to lose this game, so they brought in Theo Pinson, Shabazz Napier, and Rondé Hollis, who had an amazing game. Rondé Hollis had 19 points on 7 of 14 shooting with 10 rebounds. And Karis LeVert had 18 points on 6 of 14 shooting. So those two played pretty well. But aside from that, the box score was unspectacular. Yeah, it looks like Karis is looking to get his uh, his groove back. He's starting to get his groove back. That's two straight games from him. Hopefully he can keep it up. Hopefully the Nets can make the playoffs. But let's get into that now. So the Nets are now the seventh seed. As the Pistons just whopped the Magic and ended their six-game win streak. Exactly. So, the top five seeds in the East are clinched. The Bucks, the Raptors, Sixers, Pacers, Celtics. And that's likely how it's going to end. Exactly. And the Pistons are the sixth seed. They're half a game ahead of the uh, Nets. Nets are the seventh seed. They're half a game ahead of the eight-seeded Heat, who are half a game ahead of the ninth-seeded Magic, who are a game ahead of the Hornets. Okay. I don't care. The Hornets are not making it. It's really between those four for three spots. And if you look, the Nets have the hardest schedule. Now, the Heat actually have the second hardest schedule 
in out of those teams, they have the eighth hardest in the NBA. Because the Heat have to play the Raptors, the Sixers, the Celtics twice. And the Nets, which the will Nets. be the deciding game. Because I believe by that point, it's very possible that the Magic and, and Pistons can be locked at 6-7. and seven, And the Nets and Heat can be fighting for that. I don't know if it will happen, but it's very possible. Because if we look at the Magic, they still have the Knicks, the Hawks, and the Hornets to play. So that's three games that are very winnable for them. The Pistons have the Knicks, the Grizzlies, and the Hornets to play, which are very winnable for them. And the Nets still have two Bucks games, a Raptors game, a Pacers game, and a Celtics okay, game. Okay, look. So they're playing literally every team in the East that has clinched a spot. And look, look. Their hope, they're catching the Bucks twice when they don't have Brogdon and Miritich. Now, it doesn't really matter, but they're, they got to hope that the Bucks have clinched the one seed. So they might want to rest the same with the Raptors. at one point. The same with the Raptors. They the have the hope- Raptors have clinched the two seed, and they can't get to one, really, or they're not going to. So what's the point of playing all these people? So they better hope. They better hope that the Bucks rest, the Raptors rest, the Pacers really are a beatable team, and the Celtics are going to rest Kyrie, most likely. He already said he's going to sit regular season games because he doesn't care about the regular season anymore. So they're, they're going to have to play those five games, and then they have to play the Heat, which could decide who goes into the playoffs, like a Nuggets-Timberwolves situation from last year. Literally. And if D'Lo chokes that game, that takes away a lot of his season for me. I don't I don't want to say if, that. If something happens where he turns the ball over in a key spot or misses a key shot, it's going to... Okay, so then let's say he wins the game for them. Are you going to boost his season as much as you're going to diminish it? Yes, yes. Okay, Because remember you because said that. he becomes instantly clutch if he does something like He's that. He's already clutch. He is. He lost the Blazers game. Okay, he's not part. the only reason they lost the okay, game. Okay, but he let Seth Curry take the ball from him. Okay, like Spencer didn't when he fouled him for no reason. I understand, <laughs> but D'Lo, there's things he needs to improve to be. Oh, I agree. Like Steph Curry, like Westbrook, okay, like Steph Chris Curry's Paul. Okay, Steph Curry's 26, 27, That's 28. That's what I'm saying. He needs to get to that point, and to get to that point, he needs to stop doing combo moves when it matters. He needs to start making shots when they matter, although he does sometimes now, but there's times he chokes it. We can't expect perfection from a 23-year-old. There's no perfection in the game, period. Well, then let's not but, then let's not sit here and act like he's let's a say, top five Let's player. say they play the Heat. If he hits a clutch shot, he becomes clutch. That gets He's in the already clutch. <laughs> How many games this season has he clutch. won for them? So I many. I understand he's he's regular season clutch. There's a difference. <laughs> oh you understand there's a difference, right? <laughs> yes, I understand there's a difference between playoff clutch and regular season clutch. Like, like I'll say Steph is regular season clutch, not as much playoff clutch. KD is playoff clutch. KD is just clutch, period. He is because he, he doesn't miss. LeBron for a long time was not playoff clutch, and then he started to figure it out. Okay, but basically, th- there's different levels for certain players, and D'Lo has the potential to be overall clutch. That's a game that will matter, and it, that's going to be a playoff matter. level it'll definitely game. Matter. Bottom line, the Nets are one game ahead of the Magic and half a game ahead of the Heat. The Magic are seven and three in their last ten. And uh, they've got a pretty decent 
schedule upcoming. So the Nets have to hold off the Heat and the Magic to secure either the 7 or 8 seed. If they go on a win streak, they could get 6 seed, and but it's not looking likely. So it's likely they're going to be the 7th or 8th seed. And they're going to have to win a couple of these next hard games. They have to. Right now... It's very possible that all four of them end at 40 and 42. <laughs> and if that happens, I really don't know what happens. I have no idea who gets it. Right now, ESPN has the Pistons coming in at the 6th seed with an 87% chance of making the playoffs. The Nets at the 7th seed with a 79.7% chance of making the playoffs. And the Magic at the 8th seed with a 73% chance of making the playoffs. They've got a lot of faith in the Nets because I don't know if they take into account strength of schedule in this, but it it, it does. It says they take into account their remaining schedule for each team, so they've got a lot of faith in the Nets. I find it funny how the Celtics are the fifth seed and they have higher odds than the Sixers and Pacers to win the chip, even with this season. Uh, I that's true. The second highest are the Raptors, and the third high, and then the highest are the Bucks. I don't think the Bucks are winning the chip. Unfortunately, I think they're a regular season team that just so happened. I don't to even go think off. they're going to make the chip. That's my opinion. I don't either. I don't think Giannis is carrying them to a championship. I'm sorry. And I don't think having DJ Wilson as your second or third best player off the bench is really going to do much for you. But. Not a chance. They beat the Warriors. Not a chance. I don't think they're going to beat the Raptors. To be completely honest, I think the Ra- I think the chip is going to be Raptors. Uh, Warriors. I could see it, but I can also I I can see I can see the Raptors. I can see the Sixers. I can see the Celtics. That's I can't the see the Bucks. I can see the Nets. Imagine the Nets going to Cinderella run. If the Nets are the seven seed and beat the Raptors, the Sixers can be handled. That's what I'm saying. Imagine that would be inc- that would be crazy. But then after playing two long series, then they'd have to play the Celtics, and oh, it ain't looking too good for that. Yes, has the Celtics fan. <laughs> we haven't done a Brooklyn Bowler of the Week in a while, so we're gonna ah D'Lo Schmilo. Over the past six games, the Brooklyn Bowler of the Week is drum roll please, D'Angelo Russell. Six games, 33.3 minutes. He's averaging 28.2 points, 9.2 assists, 1.8 steals, and 4.8 rebounds. And uh, at 43.6% uh, okay, yeah, shooting. Yeah, so great stats, terrible efficiency, 50% from the free throw line, 4.8 turnovers a game. So he can't hit a free throw, can't hang on to the ball, not shooting the ball well. Okay, why is it that you but always look at the bad side? what you're saying is what you said about LeBron in that other game. What? About how, oh, he didn't hit a free throw. He had a lot of turnovers. He didn't shoot the ball. Well, that's what D'Lo is doing okay, over his last LeBron six games. LeBron is the greatest if player he, of all time. And if he D'Lo finishes is a the season year like old. this, they're not making the playoffs. He's not going to. The Nets are going to make the playoffs. I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say it. The Nets are going to make the playoffs. I believe they will. Easily. But if they don't. And he finishes the season like this, that's disappointing. If he finishes the season averaging 28 and 9, yeah, that's disappointing. With five turnovers Get and 43% shooting. If he finishes shooting. the season averaging 28 and 9, I, that's a success for me. A success in those numbers, yes. But when he's turning the ball over late in the game to Seth Curry, then... But then, then what? Then what? Okay, if he if if the Heat game is the last game of the season and he gets bagged by Dion Waiters to end the season, sure, I'll give it to you. But there's no way that really I'm saying this that, is a disappointment. I really hope Dion Waiters pulls some crazy. <laughs> He's not. Dion Waiters is trash. But that'll do it for this episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you go subscribe to us on iTunes. 
at Hoopball Nets. You can look up Brooklyn Nets. You can look up Hoopball Nets. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you leave a five-star rating and review. All reviews are getting read on the podcast, so make sure you go leave one. You can follow us on Twitter at Hoopball Nets. You can follow us individually. I'm at Najee Adams underscore on Twitter. If you don't know how to spell Najee, it's N-A-J-E-E Adams underscore. Hunter's at Hunter underscore J-K-R. And uh, yeah, that'll do it for this episode, guys. Shout out to Hawaiian House Kona Coffee before I forget for sponsoring this podcast and every other hoopball podcast. And uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you all next time. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.